0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Uh, Thank you for all of the well wishes and the prayers, uh... Last weekend I had to go bury my stepdad and uh, be with my mom. She is doing amazing uh, under the circumstances, stuff like that. And uh, I, I get to where mom gave me Jerry's suspenders. So I am wearing Jerry's suspenders today in honor of him. And uh, anyway, but when I went down there, like I, I've been getting back in the gym. Now it's been real hit and miss because of you know we've been so busy and you know we've been going to Kansas to do weddings and to to Texas a couple of times for funerals and other stuff like that but but I've got back in the gym and so um, every day that I can I jump in there and you know I I worked out before I went down there to Texas and so we left on uh, a Thursday morning and. Uh, got down there and we were going to have a meeting, you know, with the pastors of the church that mom and Jerry went to and and all of this. And I woke up Friday morning with a horrible, horrible condition called sore biceps. (laughs) And if you've never had sore biceps, let me show you how you can see when somebody has sore biceps because they walk around like this. Because they can't straighten their arms out, right? And so I woke up Friday morning, I've got a part to do in this funeral, and I'm locked up like this. Needs to go to Walmart, so we go to Walmart, and I'm literally walking around like this, like I, like I'm some big dude. But it wasn't because I'm big; it just I couldn't straighten my arms out, and like all day long I was trying to pull them down, and it would work as long as I pulled down, and then you let off, boop. Just walking around like this all the time, and so Friday morning I or Friday evening I said. I didn't really say anything to, to, you know, mom or anything, but uh, I said, well, tomorrow's a big day, mom, and, and I, I need some prayers if you don't mind. And she said, for, for doing the eulogy part tomorrow? I said, no, ma'am, it, it just has to do with my arms. I don't want to be standing up there in front of family and everything. yeah, all bowed up like I'm going to start a fight in the church or something. You know? So, anyway, luckily, whenever I uh, got up Saturday morning and everything, I, I was healed. Um, I did not walk around bowed up like I was going to fist fight every little kid that came through the Emmanuel Baptist Church doors for a funeral. And um, so I, I did find healing. I did find healing. But th- there's a story in the Bible about some other people. That needed healing, okay? And it's found in Luke chapter 17, uh, starting in about, oh, I don't know, like 12 or something like that. I don't remember the exact verse, but Luke 17. And and to set this up, Jesus is walking in between Galilee and Samaria, okay? Now, I've often uh, wanted to try to figure out a good illustration to help people understand and so this is going to be inaccurate at best but it would be like y'all being on the outskirts of boulder okay so like no no the, the the nobody wanted to go over there to the big city it's kind of like a country boy going to the city you just don't feel comfortable well samaria was a was an area that a samaritan had to have two things to be a Samaritan. They had to be half Jewish, okay? These were Jewish people that had married outside of the faith, okay? So they were religious half-breeds, if you will, and they had a pretty... Uh, uh, conflictual uh, uh, relationship with the Jewish people. The Jews didn't like them. The Samaritans didn't like the Jews, but they had to live next door to each other and it was kind of a wreck. So so Jesus is walking along with his cowboys. You know, they're trotting into town and 10 guys outside of the town, 10 guys holler out and they say, Jesus, heal us, heal us. They cry out 10 guys. Now you have to understand they're, they're probably Samaritans because they're on the border of Galilee and Samaria, right? Number one, um, number two, they're outside the city because when you have leprosy and that's what these guys had was leprosy, uh, not only are you a Samaritan and Jews aren't supposed to talk to you, but you're a Samaritan with leprosy. Okay, I mean like it doesn't get worse than that uh, as far as Jews are concerned, right? I mean, not only are you unclean because you married outside the Jewish faith, you're unclean because you have a skin disease that's that's communicable, right? And so these 10 guys are hollering out and they're like, Jesus, heal us, right? He doesn't do what he normally does, now. He heals them, okay? He heals them. But he, he does something a little different because you've read accounts where Jesus would like spit in the mud and like make a paste and put it over the blind guy's eyes and then all of a sudden he could see and another time uh, uh, he stuck his fingers in a deaf guy's ears, you know, and opened up his ears that way. And uh, But this time he doesn't do any of that. In what I, in my mind's, Video, you know what I mean? Like I, I have a, there's a, always a video playing in my mind of, of what I'm talking about. And I can see Jesus riding into town and I can see these 10 guys over here hollering out, man, their, their sores or noses have fallen off, you know, their, their fingers are gangrene. And, you know, just these guys are in a horrible situation. And they cry out to the one man that can heal them. And in such an amazing Display of power Jesus says this Go show yourselves to the priests That's it That's it. He, he never I, I I picture him. He doesn't even break stride, right? He's walking along Jesus heal us Jesus Jesus go show yourselves to the priests and he just keeps walking right? He just keeps riding on and then in one of the greatest moments of all of scripture, something that can just so easily just been, you, you know, you're reading along and, and for those of you that pulled up Luke 17 on your phones or turned to it in your Bibles, you probably already went past this because it doesn't seem like much, but it's huge because it says in Luke 17:14, Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priests. That's all he says. And then the next sentence. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. And as they went, they were cleansed of the leprosy. They weren't healed by some amazing prayer. Father in heaven, I command thee to cleanse my brother. You, nah, it wasn't none of that. It wasn't none of that. It just said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were healed of their leprosy. They weren't healed with a magical touch. You know, <laughs> I just can't picture Jesus as a faith healer. You know what I mean? Jesus gets down and grabs them, be healed, knocks them down. I just can't see Jesus doing that. It's just me. Okay. There was no magical touch. There was no, you know, fiery lift your hands up and call down lightning from the sky. He says, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were healed of their leprosy. They were healed as they went. It wasn't halfway, right? Right. It was the whole way. As they went to show themselves to the priest, they were healed of their leprosy. There were no shortcuts, right? He didn't, you know, Jesus didn't say, well, the next time you run into a priest, show yourself to him and, and, and you'll be cleansed, right? He says, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, as they went, they were healed of their rep- leprosy. It wasn't halfway. It was all the way, right? There was no shortcuts, and he definitely didn't need to repeat himself. Now think about this, man. Th- this is life-changing, folks. See, now I think in America, especially because we are we are blessing nose blind, I think, right? Because we live in such a great, great country. Like, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I could be wrong and I pray that I am, but Well, I don't really pray that I'm wrong here. That that wasn't the right... There's probably nobody hungry in here. Now, your stomach may be growling, but it's not... It's because you didn't eat the tons of food that was probably in your refrigerator or your cabinet. Or you didn't stop off at a place, because I know you can afford, you know, uh, a 10-buck egg McMuffin from McDonald's, and that's great, right? But see, we, we, we live in a society where there's so many blessings that I, I think that we, we have a hard time seeing blessings because we're surrounded by them so much. But guys, listen, when you're a Samaritan and you have leprosy, there's only one thing in the world that you want, and that's to be healed, right? These guys knew what they wanted, and you know what he didn't have to do? He didn't have to repeat himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah, Jesus walks by later. See, like, like, I, I think it's not like we see on the street corners, you know, you, you pull up and you'd be like, they're like, help me. And you're like, Hey man, i got a job for you. Oh, I don't want, I've got a job. This is my job standing here. You know, Jesus didn't come back later and find those guys still standing there. Right. I mean, they struck a long trot and didn't stop when toes fell off. Okay? I mean, these guys, they went. And as they went, they were healed. And there's a lesson that I learned from this. Well, actually, there are a few lessons. But most of the gaps in my faith require action on my part. See, I, I think that we, we kind of have this push-button mentality that, that we're just going, that, uh, how do I say this? Like, You're never gonna get where you're going sitting there, okay? (laughs) I mean, you'll never get where God wants you to be without some movement on your part. That's why I think that Christianity and being a cowboy is so interconnected because uh, the, the right thing to do when your horse starts bucking is to make him go faster. Okay, because a horse that's going faster can't buck harder. The slower they go, the harder they can buck. And what's the first thing that people do when a horse starts bucking? Stop him. (laughs) Let's give him the unfair advantage, right? And you'll hear these old cowboys, spur him, spur him, get him going, move him out, move him out. Because see, in cowboying works with action and momentum and so does Jesus. All the gaps in my faith, require action on my part to be filled, okay? Um, Not just action, but action until completion, right? Finish what you started. I mean, what good would it have done those 10 guys with leprosy if they went halfway and stopped, right? What would have happened, I wonder? Well, I don't think they would have been healed, right? but not just action if i want to fill the gaps in my faith it's going to require some action on my part but not just a a cursory action but but seeing something through unto completion and you know most of the gaps in my faith that require action on my part it's an action that's based on faith not results right like like (laughs) two weeks ago i I was really kind of shocked at the feedback the, the good feedback that I got from being a, you know, talking about being a slave, you know, and man, never, never doubt the power of this phrase. Why do you have faith? Why do you do, why do you lead this Christian life? Because my daddy told me to, right? A- everything that I do, ultimately is a result of my faith and and that way that that faith is lived out is in my obedience, right? So action that is based on faith, not immediate results. See, I, I do it because God told me to. Now, if he chooses to bless me, great, but I don't do it for the blessing. I do it because he's my master. I walk this walk because he told me that this way is where it leads to him, Right? Action that is based on faith, not immediate results. An action that leads me towards God and not towards me. See, a a lot of our, when we talk about our own healing and everything, um, we have a tendency for that to draw us closer to ourselves instead of closer to God. Now, I'm not saying that both can't happen at once. You can get to know yourself and blah, 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 right? But at the same time, um, I want to do something that leads me towards God, not towards me, right? So, so when I talk about all of this, I'm talking about the, the, the part of your faith that is actionable, okay? And for the rest of, of my message, you will hear me refer to that as winting, okay? I made up a new word. It is winting, okay? If you have a gap in your faith or you need healed, what you need is a big dose of winting, in your life. First thing to learn about winting is don't shortchange your healing, okay? Because it says, as they went, they were healed of their leprosy. Don't stop. When God is doing something in your life, don't stop halfway because you see some cursory results, okay? Now, when I, whenever I was preparing this, whenever I, I, mean, I wrote down, don't stop just because things are a little clearer, right? When I think of clearer, um, my mother has psoriasis, okay? And you don't hear it as much anymore because of the new medications, but growing up in the late 1900s, um, there was a, it was called the heartbreak of psoriasis. Because she got the big whelps on her, looked like she had been burned alive at some part, you know, at some points in her life. I remember going to the grocery store and her skin hurt so bad that she would be in a tank top and shorts because touching those lesions just sent her over the edge. They just itched and she would just claw herself until she bled because it itched so bad and it hurt at the same time. And I watched Okay, I don't have psoriasis and I've hugged that woman since the day I was born, right? It's not communicable, but I watch people, even in our hometown, me and mom walking in the store and them pushing their kids behind to the other side of the aisle, right? And, I, and I'll never forget when, when these new medicines started coming out, mom called me and she said, Kevin, I'm on a new medicine for my psoriasis. And I was like, mom, I, I pray that it works. And she goes, It did. And I said, well, uh, did you get clearer? She goes, Kevin, I don't have a spot on me. I don't have a single spot on me, right? And here I was hoping that she was a little bit clearer, you know, where she just maybe had it on the places that you most get it, you know, joints and stuff like that, right? No, but she was completely clear. Don't shortchange your healing because a lot of times I think when we, it's kind of like taking antibiotics. What do they tell you Take them all, not till you start feeling better. And how many of you have half full pill bottles of antibiotics? Every stinking one of us, right? (laughs) That's what I mean, man, don't stop. Just because you see some immediate results, keep going. Don't wait for a little bit clearer. Go to completion where there's not a spot on you. Don't stop just because things are a little clearer. Don't shortchange your healing. We have this annoying habit of getting over the hump, right? How many times have we said that? Oh man, if I can just get over this hump. If I can just get over this hump. Well, we get over the hump and we go right back to what caused the hump in the first place, Right? Man, that's all we do. Doesn't it seem like your life is just one big whoop-de-doo all the time? I just got to get over this next hump. And we just keep going back. I think what we do is we're going in circles. We just keep hitting that same bump every time. Well, I, I just get up over this bump, this hump in the road. No, don't shortchange yourself. Don't shortchange yourself. Sometimes I wonder, it's like we don't even really want to be fully healed. We're just okay with a little bit better right? And you know it's true because if we'll do it with our own health, with antibiotics, something so simple, just take them all and we create more problems, do we not, medical people, by not taking all of them because we felt a little bit better. We felt just a little bit better, so we stopped. Don't stop in your faith. You know, you're not going to reach a point where Jesus says, you know what, man, you've been killing it. You don't have to do anything else. It's okay, you, can, you don't have to do anything else for the rest of your life, you're, you're good. No, man, keep going, don't shortchange yourself. Don't give up if the results aren't immediate. As they went, they were healed. Now, now this is the opposite. I think that a, a lot of people um, will quit at the quickest sign of a result. Oh, it's working, I don't have to do that anymore, I don't have to keep going to the priest, I mean, look, my arm's cleared right? I don't have to go the rest of the way. We have a habit of doing that, but we also have a habit of giving up if we don't see immediate results. You know, uh, I knew a lady in Fort Stockton that had been a Christian her whole life, strong Christian, went to, went to the Pecos County Cowboy Church that I was a pastor of, and her husband was a non-believer. Come right out and tell you, he's not a believer. She prayed for him for 50 years that he would come to know God and right before he passed away, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Don't give up. Just because you don't see results right away, man, things are working in your life and just because you don't see the the spiritual powers that are moving as a result of what God is doing in and through you, don't stop because you don't see immediate results. As they went... They were healed. The amount of time God takes is always longer than you think it should be, right? I mean, gosh, how long is this going to take? Sometimes it might take 50 years of daily prayer. Never give up. And here's the other thing about not giving up. If it's that important to you, you won't give up on it. How many times have you been praying for something and you don't even really remember what you prayed for yesterday, right? Pray about the important things and don't give up until it is completed. Jesus said, if you ask and believe that you already have it, you do. You just may not have it in your possession, but it's been granted unto you. Knowing there's healing and going and getting are two different things though, isn't it? Because a lot of times we know the answer, do we not? The answer to every single one of your problems, the answers you're looking for are found in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's it. And we know that, and I know you know that because you're here, right? You haven't lost your faith in God, despite what everything has happened. But knowing there's healing and going and getting there are two different things, because it's gonna take some stuff on your part. Unfortunately, waiting, not seeing those immediate results, waiting is a big part of the winting process. (laughs) You, You get that? Waiting is a big part of the winting process. So don't give up just because you're told to be patient. To keep praying for the things. And listen, the reason that we don't need to shortchange our healing or what we need from God, we don't shortchange it and we don't give up on the results immediately. And the reason that you have to keep going is because of this. A big part of the healing that needs to take place in your life is facing your fears. You are probably going to have to come face to face at some point with some of the biggest fears you have, right? As they went, they were healed. Now, what did Jesus tell them to go do? Go show yourselves to the priests. What do you know about Jewish priests? Were they the nice, kind people like y'all think I am? Right? Just love on you, tell you it's going to be okay. No, they weren't like that, man. They were, they were legalistic and everything like that. These, are the, these priests are the same ones that cast them out of society, were they not? They were. The priests ran things, right? In the local towns. I mean, if you, the priest was somebody and he had that type of power. Jesus said, go to the very people who had declared them unclean, right? Man, that's, I guarantee you, that's probably the last place they wanted to go because everybody knew by sight that they were lepers. They were going to the priest and I'm sure they were catching all kinds of flack about it. No, you can't come in here. You know what I mean? They had to face some of their fears. These people had the power to rip families apart. And yet Jesus said, walk right in there in the midst of them and show them yourselves. I just wonder how many went in there and just go whip full of money. Check this out, I'm clean. Right? I don't know. How else are you gonna know? right? See, listen, sometimes Jesus tells us to face our fears. It's part of the winting process. Now see, Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway, right? Courage is also knowing that it will hurt and doing it anyway. That's what courage also is. But stupidity is the same way, and that's why life is so hard, right? <laughs> right? Knowing it's going to hurt and doing it anyway is courage, and it's also stupidity. So, you know, there there is that part. But listen... Sometimes Jesus tells us to face our fears instead of running from them. And one of the things that aggravates me about myself is that when I'm scared of something, I run towards it because I don't like anything to have power over me, except my Lord and Savior. He can have power over me. But sometimes a big part of our winting process is facing some of our some of our fears. But in closing, something else miraculous happened, and starting in verse 15. One of them, talking about the guys, there was 10, right? One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus, right? Shouting, praise God, praise God, right? He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. He was saying, praise God. Y'all have heard me tell the story about whenever my dad was healed, when he should have, I mean, they called him the the miracle man of Medical Center Hospital in Odessa, Texas because the CAT scan showed that his entire small intestine was dead and you have to have four inches to live. And when they got in there, there was four inches of the healthiest intestine you've ever seen. And that four inches of of intestine didn't show up on the CAT scan. It showed to be dead. So uh, one of them when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And I told you that on the way home that night after my dad was healed, um, me and Mitch talk about this quite a bit. I I couldn't say anything except thank you, Jesus. I I said it for for 94 miles. Thank you, Jesus. there, There was no other words that sufficed accept that. And Mitch was telling me the other day that he, he had one of those similar deals that when he was praying, it was just one word over and over and over. That's when you know, God is really working something in your life. And he's working in this Samaritan guys right here because he, he shouted, praise God. He fell at the ground at Jesus's feet, thanking him for what he had done. Man, this man was a Samaritan. By pointing out that this man was a Samaritan, by saying that they were on the edge of Samaria and Galilee, meant that there was some Jewish and Samaritans in this group of 10. The one that came back was a Samaritan, right? It says it just plain as day. Praise God. He fell to ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. See, no healing is complete that doesn't result in giving God the glory. Man, if you're not sure what to do, give God glory. If you're having a rough time, give God glory. If you're going through a season of your life that is hard on you, give God glory. If you have a need, give God glory. If you have a want, if you are in need of healing, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, uh, societal, I don't care. I don't know. But God does give him glory. No healing is complete that doesn't result in giving God the glory. Do you need to fall down at Jesus' feet today and thank him for the healing that you have that he has provided you? This is part of the winting process and it is probably the most important part of the winting process is to realize that everything we need can only come from God and those things are the only things that matter. Do you need to cry out to him for the healing that you need? What part of your life, and here's, I'm leaving you with this. You don't answer it out loud. You answer it in your soul. What part of you needs healed? by God. Ask him for that today. And go on that winting process to full healing. Let's go to him in prayer. God, I just, we give you the glory. We're, we're not here, God, uh, for us. We are here for you because we know how much you love us. And God, we recognize all that you do for us, all that stuff that we don't deserve yet. You give it to us anyway. God, help us to be more obedient. Help us to to step out in faith and pursue this healing that you have promised your kids. God, I pray that they'll run to you right now, wrap their arms and legs around your leg, and don't let go until they get the healing that they need. And the entire time, God, I pray that they're giving you the glory. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.